0: Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hi, everyone. I'm Anthony Cashman. Thank you for tuning in. We are talking Tigers. We are bringing in Jason Beck, and Beck is still digesting his barbecue uh, from Kansas City. Uh, Give me the scouting report on Q39
1: really quick, Beck. Well, Q39 was a return trip from last season. I went there. Um, You know what? That chipotle sausage they have is very good. Chicken is outstanding. Brisket might be the best in town. The ribs I were okay, not great, but, you know, I – Certainly, you do want the combo platter. It's hard to walk out of there unsatisfied.
0: Well, Kansas City has great barbecue. That's a little-known fact. That's the kind of inside info you can only get on this podcast. Um, You can also get some good Tigers info, so we're going to dig into that a little bit with Mr. Beck. Uh, I want to ask you, first of all, Beck, since we last spoke, James McCann sprained his ankle, goes on the DL. Jared Lamachia takes over the starting job behind the dish. And he's already got six extra base hits on the young season, including four home runs. The Tigers got this guy for the major league minimum, working out pretty well so far.
1: Yeah, it's it's really been almost a godsend for. It. I know we, you know, there was a lot of uh, and there was a lot of grinding of teeth there at the end of spring training when they had to decide to keep South Lamaki and trade Brian Holiday, but you know, and and they're both oddly enough regular catchers right now. But right now, it looks like it's a type of deal that's really fulfilled their their intention, which was to have a veteran catcher who could step in in case James McCann got injured and who could him from time to time. Uh, you know, he's meshed well with the pitching staff, probably a little bit better than I suspected. He's thrown out some some base runners here, you know, kind of defying what I think some expectations were of what his defensive game would be like once he got on the other side of 30, and he's been able to hit for Powell. It's not necessarily a high average or anything like that, but right now it's, it's that type of game where if you throw him a the stick, he's going to make pitchers pay, and I think if you can get that out of your catcher batting in the uh, 6 or seventh spot, you'll take it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You get that thump uh, late in the order, especially from an unlikely source, you'll take that every time. Uh, the bull, uh, the catching department is not at full strength, but the bullpen is Alex Wilson and Blaine Hardy have both, uh, rejoined the active roster in recent days after some spring setbacks. So, uh, they got to like the way that looks right now too.
1: Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how they uh, work out the roles now with the, all these guys back. You know, Alex Wilson is kind of a do everything guy for them last year. He started out in long relief, ended up all the way at closer by the end of the season. And uh, now, with the remade back end of the bullpen, it's a situation where they're going to have to figure out where they can use them. But they have a a luxury there where, you know, you can use them for key outs in the sixth inning, maybe the seventh inning, depending on the lefty-righty matchup and how you want to use Justin Wilson. And uh, really, kind of, pick and choose your spot. And Blaine Hardy, kind of the same thing. He was a primary lefty last year, appeared in 70 games, which was a career high for him. Now he's more of a secondary lefty, maybe even a third lefty, depending on the situation, considering the way Kyle Ryan has gotten off to a pretty decent start. This is a deeper goaltender than they've had in a few years, and it's going to be interesting to see how Brad Ausmus takes advantage of that. Uh, One of the reasons that was cited by Al on, on bringing Ausmus back for um, so this season was that nobody could have won with his team and that there were problems that nobody could manage. managed with. The bullpen being four months among them, now he's got that bullpen where he's got more options than I think he's had at any point uh, during his Tigers New Year's attendance.
0: Yeah, you wonder what uh, some past Tiger teams might look like with this current crop of, of relievers. And we'll to see what this current team looks like now that they've got uh, all bodies in tow. Uh, Nick Castellanos, we're getting a feel for what this guy might be able to contribute uh, here in the early going. I obviously identified as a, a breakthrough type candidate uh, going to age 24 season. Um, I think we talked, uh, I think it was last week back, about uh, his two strike approach in general. Um, but he's also been much more aggressive on, on first pitches this season.
1: Yeah, he, it's funny he went from doing a ton of damage with two strikes in the uh, opening week to doing a ton of damage on the first pitch last week. It's really kind of denied the watch, except that you know, it's hard to make sense, except that when you look at the stats, he's swinging with everything, which doesn't sound like a sustainable type of start, but he's been – seeing more strikes than I think he really should be. I think people are treating him as if he's the lightweight in the lineup, and he's making pitchers pay. Uh, he was getting an unreal amount of first-pitch fastballs for a while. They started pouncing on that. They started changing speeds on the first pitch, and he started hitting those, too. Um, you know, I think you know, beyond the batting average on Boston play. I and mean, then Tuesday is like 464 or something like that. Uh, Yeah, His swing rate is the highest he's been in his career, granted really small sample size, but his contact rate is also ridiculously high right now. Um, He's one of four major league hitters with enough at-bats to qualify who have yet to draw a walk this season. Um, So so some of these things are going to have to change for him to be able to sustain this and, and really turn this from a hot start into a breakout season. But he's showing some signs of turning that learning curve, which I, I think the Tigers have been looking to see out of him for a little bit now.
0: Yeah, the the batting average on balls in play is bound to come down, but hopefully that walk rate is, is bound to go up 13 strikeouts to zero walks at the moment. That's not a ratio uh, you'd expect to continue. Uh, so we'll see what the future holds for that young man. Uh, elsewhere in the infield, how about that? Uh, I know it didn't really mean anything to the bottom line, but uh, I love that play with uh, Ian Kinsler uh, intentionally letting the pop-up fall in front of him to uh, that Tyler White on the bases instead of Col- Colby Rasmus. I mean, that was some wily stuff there, Ben.
1: Yeah, and it seems like a really crazy play unless you know Ian Kinsler. I think in my years of covering the Tigers, he, he might have the highest baseball smarts of any player I've covered. He, he just the awareness he's got out there on the field is unreal he knows what to do in certain situations he knows the rules up and down it's one of those things where it didn't really or it really still until now it hadn't really gotten publicized a whole lot but he's almost an extension of, of having a manager or a coach out there and i think that's that's been more subtle and it's been more seen in the development of Jose Iglesias because he's done a a ton of work on, on on the other side of the inter working with him on the double play combos and also of uh, situational awareness. But plays like that really bring it to the forefront and it kind of demonstrates that uh, this kid's pretty bright.
0: He is underrated player still at this stage of his career. And, uh, I also saw he's now in business with Jack White of the White Stripes in a bat business, so he's got a lot going on, Mr. Kinsler. Um, all right, Beck, uh, I wanted to ask you also about uh, Cameron Maben. I know he was hit, in a pitch, hit by a pitch uh, in the wrist during a rehab assignment, uh, but doesn't seem like it's too serious. What's what's the latest on his timetable as far as getting back to the big league?
1: Well, supposedly the X-rays were negative, so you know that's a, a huge relief. From a Tiger standpoint, uh, still waiting to figure out when he might return to the lineup. It's certainly going to push back his, his uh, return type timetable. He seemed to be getting close to return before this happened. I know uh, when they had talked about the, the rehab assignment, Toledo was supposed to be for the very last few days when he was getting really close enough to being ready where they wanted to, wanted to see a little bit more advanced minor league pitching. Uh, so he's been up there a few days when, when this happened. So it, it might have been right as he was on the cusp of a return. So uh, hoping to get a little bit more clarity here in the coming days on that. Uh, but at least it sounds like it shouldn't delay him too terribly long.
0: Last thing back, how about the old skipper, Jimmy Leland, uh, going to head up uh, Team USA in the World Baseball Classic, uh, Uh, it's good to see him back in action, right?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's good to see him. In some ways, this situation is crazy because I remember when the World Baseball Classic first got started up, Jim was very hesitant about it. He wasn't sure about the idea of having this interruption in spring training and having guys having to accelerate their, their readiness for game action, having this type of high-profile event going on as guys are normally ramping up their playing time. So he, he was really kind of on the fence. About, and he, he admitted that I think, to, to John Morosi. And now to think of him managing Team USA, it, it's quite a transition. The flip side, though, I think is that this is kind of a perfect final chapter for his managerial career. It allows him to get back into that managerial mode for a short period of time while boarding some of the stuff that wore him down, mainly the, the travel and kind of day-in, day-out grind. I, I said this, this really could end up being a perfect venue for him. And consider the reputation he has as far as being able to manage superstars, he might have ended up being the ideal candidate for, for this role. I'm going to be fascinated to see how it plays out, and also what type of influence he has on roster selection. Uh, you might see some surprising choices here if he makes out a roster designed to win, as opposed to as opposed to a roster designed with a bunch of stars in mind.
0: Yeah, I think he'll be very smart about that. And, and to your point, back, I think he'll be a great recruiter for this. Uh event for this project because uh, a lot of guys will certainly appreciate the opportunity to play for him. One last time, uh, I want to thank Jason Beck for joining us. We'll check in with him each week during the 2016 season and thank you all for tuning in. It's been MLB.com Extras, Detroit Tigers edition.